Welcome to the Shockwave Therapy Podcast. My name is James Woolwich, Osteopath and Clinical Director at the Abbeyfields Clinic in Suffolk. We will be trying to demystify the concept of shockwave treatment whilst bringing together experts in their field to discuss the latest research. If you are deciding on whether to add this modality into your clinic or just improve the way you deliver it, then we hope this is the podcast for you. Today we are joined by Stuart Brown, podiatrist and educator who's been using shockwave therapy for as long as anyone I've known. Um, he's got excellent insight into the use of focus shockwave in particular uh, and has definitely used that more than, uh, more than anyone I know in this country. Um, so he's going to be taking us through a few of his ideas on how he uses uh, a shockwave therapy to support the treatment of lower extremity problems in particular. Um, so welcome Stuart. So good evening Stuart, thanks for joining us um, on this podcast and I wanted to get your your position on um, a few things that I haven't tackled in the other podcasts that I've done. One is that you're a podiatrist um, and the other guys have been uh, physios and the other thing is to um, try and tackle a bit of the focus shockwave as opposed to just radial because I know that you're a big advocate of that so um, so welcome along. Um, so. If we can just start off, I mean, could you just give us a brief overview for people that haven't heard of you about your career so far and how you got into Focus Shockwave? Yeah, hi James, thanks for having me for starters. Before um, we start, that was one of the things I was going to tackle actually. I think it's great that you know, you're know you an osteopath and you're interviewing me here, a podiatrist and did some physios before and I think sure. that, that that's, you know, I think time is kind of helping with that like kind of we are coming more crossovered yeah and and I, I think you know we can all learn from each other and we're not, you know there's no point saying oh, i'm the best and this is the all that matters and yeah yeah I sure think, i think that's really developing having uh, i know you've worked in multidisciplinary clinic yourself don't you yes and i, I think it, it makes a big difference having that crossover so i think it's great that you know we're doing this um and i think you know your interviews previous your other podcasts are really good Thank you very much. Um, yourself and the guests. Well, that's up to today anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, what? who am I? Right then. So, basically, I'm an NSK podiatrist. So, my, my degree's in podiatry anyway, but I've trained in a lot of different you know, disciplines, um, a lot of courses over the years. Um, I've worked in private sector, um, which I think is very different, pre-mit, to say working in the NHS. Um, I work on my own clinic two to three days a week, three days a week, and then I work in um, an elite multidisciplinary clinic um, called Core Health and Wellness, where chiropractors, Stephen Dawson's the main guy there, and we all like what GPs and physios, osteos, chiros, yeah. uh, sports therapy. So yeah, I, I get a good uh, look at what else, whatever people are doing, and we have, we have general meetings and shared notes. And sure. So I, it's not just about me being a podiatrist. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so when 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 did when did your journey begin with using Shockwave then? Um, Shockwave. It was roughly about five years ago. I was doing prolotherapy anyway, and among the therapies that I was doing, um, and the prolotherapy is quite invasive, and it was quite. Uh, random the, the, the knock-on effects, but um, the patients obviously don't be haven't like having injections in them, um, and, and you know they're questioning whether the you know whether it's going to work, and also that yeah. you know, the, the, some some of them were just anti-needles, so like I wasn't probably getting to as many people as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. 
and I saw Shockwave as a, as a uh, maybe a lot easier, safer route of doing something similar. So that's why I got into Shockwave in the first year. Right. Place. And that was probably about five years ago. But I, I really didn't realise how good it was at the time, to be honest. Yeah. I kind of got into it thinking, oh, I could do, you know, just support kind of the things I was doing at the time, which was maybe plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendonitis. But uh, sure. It's, uh, I've moved on a long way from there. Now. Yeah, I know you have, and we'll talk. We'll talk about that in a bit. So, then, at what point did then you, if you like, upgrade to getting the focused uh, device? I'd wanted the focus for a year or two before, but um, it's very hard to justify that to your wife, isn't it? You know, you've, got, <laughs> you've got a full clinic, you, yeah. you know, you're getting great results, and you want to spend twenty five, thirty grand on a on a, a device that, as far as she's concerned, is exactly the same. So. <laughs> yeah, sure, I can see that one. So, when, when, what uh, year? What what year did you buy into that? Uh, I think it was. I think I went to Switzerland to stores and saw the setup, and and I kind of that spurred me on a little bit more. Like again, mixing with other people who who are using the machine, sure. Um, and that, that community feeling, and, and and I'm not the only one doing it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that made a big difference, especially like staying on the what where the WhatsApp group when we came back, mm. and that, that that kind of spurred you on a bit more as well. Yeah, so, sure. It's been helpful I, that. Yeah, it, it is. It, it kind of yeah. It, it, even working in multidisciplinary clinic myself, it still gave me that support outside of that. Mm. Um, but I, I kind of wanted, it, as I say, about two, three years ago, and I couldn't find a way of justifying it. The yeah, yeah. Costs, yeah. even though I knew. But I think the justification is, is, is that you know you're doing it for your patients at the end of the day. Yes. Yes, you do have to kind of make a living out of it, and you have to justify things. But at the end of the day, I knew I could do better, and I, every time a patient was coming in, mm. I was like. Ah, oh, right, yeah, but this could maybe work better for that. Yes. And that's the big problem I have now at the moment because I work at the two clinics. Mm. The one the one clinic's got a focus show away and the other clinic hasn't. Yes. And every time I'm doing a patient, it's like, oh, yeah, this would work so much better if I had the two in combination. It's the, it's the one downside, yeah. isn't it? Because the radial, we have the same device, I think, and um, it's portable, and I, I use it in my other clinic, but the focus just, just isn't portable, is it? That's the, that's the downside. Johnny lent me one a couple of years back when when my focus, my radio was broke and yeah. uh, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't know what the heads were. Or, yeah. I didn't have the heads. I just had the machine. But right. I lugged it between clinics for a week and I decided I wouldn't be doing that again. <laughs> That's pretty brave of you to do that, I think, actually. When I put that to uh, stores, uh, I was highly recommended that I shouldn't do that. So I don't think I will. So when, so when now, now you now you're using, uh, if you like, you've got both at your disposal. And I think there's a lot of questions get asked when I do some teaching that you know should people dive in and buy it. And I, I always give the advice: look, go and get a radial device first. I've said that on the other podcast. That's the ninety percent go-to thing for the tendinopathies. But um, I, I now have, I've obviously got a focus over the last six or seven months. I got mine, and and like you, it opens up a new a new uh, group of um, patients with different conditions because it, it works in a slightly different way. So I always give advice. And the results. Yeah, the results are, are faster coming because it's just about putting more energy into the tissue, isn't it? So, yeah. when, so when if we can go back at just a tiny bit, so you, you've used lots of different. Well, have you have you have you lot used other electrotherapy modalities before? And where do you see shockwave fitting in in terms of the impact it has on patients relative to those? I, 
I don't use either electrotherapies. I, I use a lot of different therapies, like biomechanics in yeah. souls. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a normal traditional podiatrist who relies on insoles. I'd rather get the person better and then the yeah. insoles are supporting factor. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I think the shot wave, again, is it's a supporting factor. It's part of the jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's a bloody good part. It um, really is, but I do fascia release. And then again, like when I find a bit of fascia that's damaged, I, I bring the shot wave in and yeah. help heal that situation because mm-hmm. of manipulation, yeah. uh, which helps desensitize tissue to allow shot waves to work better and uh, on areas that are painful. Yeah. Um, I, I think shot wave for the lower limb is, is, is very, I mean, I do do a lot of upper body and shoulders and necks and elbows and all the rest of it and hips and that, and, yeah if we can uh, just if uh, we just it wasn't one of my planned question but that, that that just reminds me when i i did my last course in london three or four months ago and there was about yeah. four or five uh, podiatrists on that course and they were asking me afterwards because obviously i was tackling all the tendinopathies and a, a couple of them were then saying to me you know would, would we be able to treat those body parts because as podiatrists of course it's usually hip and below isn't it there are certain certain rough guidelines that you can only treat up to the knee or some other such stuff and i know that we've had this chat at the the british shockwave event that we went to but so where, where do you see it as a podiatrist giving advice to another podiatrist do, do you are there any rules and regulations it's, 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 it's a bridge course at some point if podiatrists want to go down that route yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think you know if it's not in your remit. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of training outside, so I've, I've worked on the shoulders previously, and I, and I do before shot weight. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I can do it because of my other qualifications. But the reality is, is you know, if, if, if you're not qualified and there isn't a bridge course at the moment, there isn't. Yeah. Then I, I think you know, okay, maybe you may do it to your mate down the road who's, who's not paying or whatever. But you know, the reality is, I'd probably leave it alone. To be honest, you know, it's uh, it's not in your remit, then you shouldn't be doing. It. It's not in your insurance. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to be safe. But I, I mean, it is it is a question because a lot of people out there, osteos and physios, don't realise that you know you give podiatrists a shot weight machine and like kind of well, you're telling them they can do all these things, but can they? No, I don't think they can really. Yeah, sure. Um, it, I think there needs to be a bridge course, and I, I think I think it'd be good if there was one done eventually. Yeah. But even then, you you, you know you've got to make the podiatrist. I think shockwave's pretty safe generally, so yes. I think it's potentially possible, but not you know maybe even things it isn't so possible with. But the shockwave, I think it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So when when you've moved can now, I, can I go, go back to that as well? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the um. What the podiatrist should have been saying, really, I, I feel, is, is that I had a radio for a long time before I looked like the shockwave, and I had a lot of success with outside of the tendinopathies. I, th- I think it was my first patient I treated had a four-foot neuroma, I think, mm-hmm. and they were basically saying that they needed orthophobic so they couldn't have the prolotherapy. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, look, you know, I, I can't promise you anything. I'll, I'll give you some shockwaves. Uh, if it works great, if it doesn't, then we'll, we'll go to the, we'll try one way or the other to get around the needle phobia. Yeah. So we, we did. I think it was back then. It was three sessions, wasn't it? It was a yeah, the assert thing. Set. Yeah. It was like kind of I don't know, five hundred shots at one point five, and then another thousand five hundred at two point mm-hmm. five, and uh, they, they, they struggled through it a little bit at that point. I mean, I wouldn't have done it like that now, but they got. 56% better after the free treatment stuff. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. But I said to them, look, you know, if it comes back or you want it doing again, then, you know, we're going to have to put a, 
go back to the injections. But um, about a month later, I bumped into them and they said, oh, I need to see you, Stuart. Okay. So there's, I said, uh, but this time it'll be with injections. And they said, oh, no, 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 that's not my foot. I haven't had a problem since I saw you. So first yeah. of all, that time it carries on working after you finish the treatment. Yes. Which I think I think is very important because, you know, I think patients don't get that straight away. Yeah. And, and even as therapists, I think we get used to getting good results. And then we expect them then. And, and you know, when it, one's not happening within a couple of sessions, you kind of start, oh, shoot, what's happening now? Yes, yeah. But, um but basically, what, what happened is it, it, it worked, so they wanted a knee doing that. But um, that led me to think, well, what, what can I treat with this? And, uh, and I've got countless stories, mm. but uh, I think the upshot on it is, 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 is podiatrists, like, kind of, they're aware of, like, tendinopathies, but the reality is, is it's, it, I've, I've, I've had one person, the first treatment, they were booked into surgery that day, actually. Mm. Um, and the, the, three years later, they haven't had the surgery, they haven't had any pain. Yeah. Um, okay, they've had one or two twinges where they've they've come back, say last year, I think it was. Yeah. And they just had a top up, but but they haven't had any pain in that joint, and they haven't had surgery. Yeah. Uh, and I'll probably do I don't know, I don't know, two, three of them a month. So you had that over the three years. It's quite a few with about an eighty percent success rate, I reckon. Yes. Then uh, forefoot, uh, dorsal foot, ankle. Achilles, plantar fascia cast, but as I say, I, I do the whole body. But as a podiatrist, there's so much more they can do. And and, and for the for the non tendinopathy, do you do you see that as the particularly effective role of, of the focus shockwave? Well, well, going back to that again, remember I, I, I said I hadn't got a focus at this point. Yeah. So. But now you it, have. Would you choose to use it preferentially? For, for the other disorders of the foot, I'm thinking, you know, um, metatarsophalangeal joint irritation, OA changes in the large toe, and so on and so forth. Would you would you tend to use focused instead of radial for those things? They're, they're two separate machines. That they're not. They shouldn't really be compared. They work together, not not apart. I think. Right. Uh, do, you, do you do you always combine? You're, you're right in what you said. You're going to have a radial first, aren't you? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, an easy, it's a better learning tool. There's more feedback easily. Yeah. And, and you're less likely to do damage. And I think you know. Yeah, I'd use the radial, but then I'd tidy up some of the bits with the focus. I mean, the focus picks up things that the radial doesn't, and the radial sometimes occasionally does it the opposite way around. So, there, so, that, so, so that, that, that's an interesting point because a lot of people get confused about that and you quite rightly said you use the two together. So are there any occasions where you would just use one and not the other for any particular reason? Um, I, scan, I scan larger areas of tissue with a, the D20 on, on, on uh, radio. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, you, you're doing a calf or a hamstring. Yeah, maybe if you've got an area, idea of where the problem is in the hamstring, you're all right, but... Uh, I think I'd, I'd just qu- I quickly scan with a, a radial and then yeah. the larger tissue areas. But uh, I, I use 90% of the time, 95%, I use combination of the two. Right. And what do you, because I get asked this question a lot, what what um, what sort of things do you look for in the in the case history and the, and the examination as to determine uh, how many sessions you might provide the patient with? Or do you use a set? So some, some practitioners out there, use a set, you know, everyone gets six sessions. I, I don't follow that personally, but what what do you use as a I, I guide? Think, I think, well, it's Paul, isn't it? I think Paul's idea of using six is very good. I think it's just whether you can sell that to the patients to yeah. start with. Um, I, I work off patient response within treatments and 
uh, effect. So I, I kind of normally standardly would say to the patient, well, let's do four and see where you are at four. Yeah. And then I, I judge on response. And then generally I, I go to maintenance at two weeks. If they're responding well, I go to a month. And then yesterday I responded well. I said, well, let's see how you get on. And it depends on what the problem is and, and the, the underlying condition and the chronicity of it and what, what they're doing. I mean, if they're at sports, you know, if they're kind of top-level athletes and they're going backwards and forwards in the, in the sport and they've got damage to the area, then maybe we need to look at it a bit longer. I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it is really response-led, mind, but I do generally four, a two-week gap, and then a month gap. So you do you, you spread out your treatments by two weeks, do you? Uh, at the four-week point, yeah. And if, if I'm getting a lot of feedback off the shockwave machine... Oh, so, um, so, sorry, just to clarify, you, you see the first four sessions at weekly intervals? miles away yes. or it's, just, it's a professional sports person they're going to be on the pitch on Saturday yeah. um, and then like maybe we'll fit we'll, we'll, we'll suit to alter but uh, it, no, no yeah I, I, I generally in a day to day clinic with, with, with taking out you know abnormal patients that are coming from different reasons yeah uh, it's one a week for four weeks then split it to the two, two weeks after that as a yeah. maintenance. Then if they're doing well, then I split it to a month. If they're not doing so well, I'd maybe give them another one at two weeks after that. But uh, it, it, it depends on response and, and, you know, you kind of learn things about the patient as you're going along. Yeah. Um, and that, that makes a big difference. Yeah, okay. All right. And would, would, you, would you still be stopping at six or seven? Or would the way you're sort of saying is that you might see them every month using Shockwave uh, ongoing? Yeah, I've got some patients who, you know, got chronic arthritis and, you know, there's very little mobility through the ankle. Sure. And, uh, or, or, or wherever the problem is, and, and that, or they've got a repetitive strain job. Um, and yes, we, they, they get better. And it, it's, it's generally, invariably, them that wants to have the maintenance. It's not necessarily me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, no, I, I see a role in it as, 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 a, as a maintenance thing. Uh, not only, I mean, I think I, when I first started, I had very basic guidelines. Yeah. And it was just like, here are do three treatments after six months of chronic pain. They've tried everything else, they've tried steroid injections, then you can treat them. But uh, we've moved a long way from there now, hopefully. So. Sure. Okay. If we could just take a, a, a little bit of a, a turn at this point, because I know that you use the Focus Shockwave for, for, for one of its one of its usefulnesses, if that's a word, which is is an emerging um, modality in erectile dysfunction. So you have a specific clinic uh, where you are, where you're using it for that, and you've been using it for quite some time. Can you just give us a little bit of a pricey on how that developed and, and how it's going now? Um, yeah, well, the, the reason I actually justified it to Mrs. Brown was the fact that the erectile dysfunction then um, the pricing is slightly different and also it's a different field of treatment so that was how I justified moving up from radial to focus for myself um, well in joining sorry yeah um, so th th that's the reason I started doing it but um, I mean when you start treating the, these cases it, it, it's a very interesting thing and it's, it's, a, it's a very good big role as well I mean you've got these people who often maybe they don't feel themselves yeah and maybe they're a bit depressed uh, and you know also it's, this is a lifeline to, that, that you can help them not on just by using the shot way you, you know you kind of talk about sleep yeah uh, you talk about diet you talk about stress mm -hmm. and you know this is a wake up call this is carry down the mind this is you know this is a let's get the testosterone test 
and things like that. And, yes. Um, you know, like, kind of, this is a warning saying, like, you know, something's not quite going right here. So yeah. let's see if we can, you've got a window of opportunity to actually help the person. Yeah. Uh, so I think that brings in a lot of the skills of when I was a lot younger when I was used to a lot of therapists. But um, it, it definitely, yeah, it's an interesting field. And I think the thing is, as I was saying about when I started using it on the forefoot, um, it's it, it's it's tissue it's tissue at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, when I when I when I train people, I kind of get out five studies for each area: five studies for fascia, five studies for muscle, five studies for bone, um, and and then basically like well, you're covering the whole body virtually in that those areas. Um, if you kind of get rid of all those, you know, you can treat all those areas. And yeah, tissue is tissue, and it helps repair and heal tissue. Yeah. So w- w- why not is the answer. I think I think we've had this before. It's like why not treat instead of why should I treat? Uh, yeah, I think no, that's, that's going, it's going. It's going really well. That is, that side of it. Yeah, good. So, so what do you do? You do six sessions, twelve sessions. Are they weekly? How do, how does how does that? Yeah, at, at the present we're doing six sessions, uh, one a week for six weeks. But we just joined up with London Andrology actually. Right. And um, I think we're going to have them like kind of assessing the patients, uh, and, and they do go into twelve sessions. Right. And um, so, yeah, so we, we we're doing six at the moment because. That's the protocols, and again, like when I started normal shot way, yeah. um, you know, I'm following, I was following protocol on this, but it's slowly developing, and I'm slowly changing and seeing what works better and what doesn't. Yeah, um, and then developing with it. So yeah, and this I'm assuming because I've, I've looked into this myself. You're 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 yeah. trying to pick out those with vascular genic ED, obviously. And are that, yeah. are that, are that, do you pref, do you prefer to see the group that are already responsive to medication, or do you do you see patients that aren't responsive to medication? Well, I think that's the easy answer, isn't it? You, you, you go with the group that are responsive to medication. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's outside of that, although there's like a mixture of history and uh, you know medication, then, then then that's when I refer to someone else and say, well, look. Um, what, what do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, and then wait for them to come back or not. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I think the easy answer is, is, is I jump on the ones that have got medication. Yeah. And like you know, you know, you're onto kind of a winner that I should think of them generally. Well, it seems to be anyway. Yeah, Get sure. Roughly eighty percent success with that as well. Yeah. And because you've now been using it quite a while, I mean, I think that a few people that we've had ask us about this in in clinic are saying to us, well, if it, you know, if 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 it. You know, because they're, they're quite happy at that particular point in 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 their lives. Even if they saw it improve fifty, sixty percent, they're quite happy with the outcomes. But what they always ask is, how long does it last? So, what what what's your experience have been with with that? Are people coming back six months later saying everything's gone back to where it was, or are you seeing people where the effects last for longer than six months? No, no. I mean, if you look at the, the research that's done, you know, the year down the line, that, that these people are still. Uh, you know, functioning well, and I, th- I think it's the same as MSK. I, I kind of it's quite funny actually. Whenever I talk MSK, I, I relate to ED. Yeah. Whenever I talk about ED, I relate to MSK because it, it comes back to the tissue is tissue at the end of the day. Mm. And you know, if, if you if you've had it for like one month, two months, and you, you, you kind of have the treatment, then you're going to get a bit quicker and it's going to last longer. But then if you kind of slid down the hill a little bit further, yeah, and you're more chronic, then you, you know potentially the, the underlying cause is still there yeah. and it's something that you, you need to kind of think about and look after um, yeah. whether that be maintenance treatment or whether it's health, health yourself but I think you know again it's 
it's a short way, but it is long lasting. I think it works better long, over a longer period of time than Shorzer, to be honest. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, I think the other thing that we were going to talk about, because I know that we both agreed on it on 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 in principle, because we chat through these things about the concept of the, of education. What? Because I have this on the previous podcast. That, I mean, I've tried to make this podcast as not non-denominational about whether it be Storts or you know EMS, Swiss Dollar Class, so forth. And I I think you probably have the same kind of opinion on that. I mean, and but but the thing that's lacking at the moment is a sort of. Um, uh, agreed upon educational platform that we should all be uh, ascribed to. I mean, what What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, think, I think it's pretty non-existent. I think there's there's people like yourself who do, do you know one-off courses. That you know is is that getting hold of a group, a small group of like six to eight people, and saying, "Well, here's the machine. Now you do you can do it like this." Or when the patient does that, you know, there's no real hands-on track. I mean, it's better now than when I started. I kind of got the machine. I didn't even realise the heads came off. <laughs> it took a year to work that one out. <laughs> but um, basically, I think it's giving Shockwave a bad name. I think it, apart from these other machines coming into the country that we're not sure about, but yeah. I think the actual training side of it is because there's very little to none. I mean, some, some companies haven't got any at all. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of uh, people who've just bought a shortwave and they, they kind of don't realise what they're doing with it mm. and they're, they're treating patients and they're saying can I treat this and I get emails from people and, and then they say well I did this and the patient came back in agony and I'm like yeah well you didn't do this this and this and have you used this yeah. and uh, you know I, I've had people complaining as well I've had, and that's not just uh, private this is I've had people coming from the NHS and uh, they've, they've complained that that the person hurt them and they're really too high and, yeah. and I think it's because a lot of people don't understand the actual machine or how to shockwave yes. um, they don't use the different heads they don't use the different frequencies the bars mm. they just follow protocols and uh, that's the area of pain let's blast it or that's the surrounding tissue let's blast it as I had with one footballer last week Yeah. and then as soon as we did the actual area suddenly lo and behold it got better <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah I, I think I think I, th- I have the same opinion on all of that, and you try and get it across in a one-day course, and you, you you know as well as I do that's that you know that's just the bit that teaches you how the car the car works. You've got but to have you have a small amount of numbers as well to get. To yeah, get sure. Like, you know, it's, it's, I think it's different. You need it structured. I think you need a basic level for like, oh, this is the machine. This is what it can do, do it to a degree, and then like, oh, I've got used to the machine now. How can I use it? And then. And then, like, kind of what we're developing now, like with the advanced course, and there is an intermediate course as well in between that. Oh, is there? I didn't know. I know about that. And while while on that, people go, "What? What? What are we talking about?" But actually, we we both work for Venn Healthcare or something. Work with the Storts uh, equipment, don't we? As much as we don't want to be non-denominational. Yeah, I, I have worked with people, but uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just purely the Storts now. Yeah. And so, so let's give it a shameless plug. So, when when is your your course? Is it next month up in Harrogate somewhere? Isn't it? Or is that right? No, no, Am I completely it's, wrong? You're completely wrong. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, let me get this dead right because I know I've got a lot of things. September the twenty eighth, and it's in the multidisciplinary clinic that I work in Warwick, and it's a very nice building and very nice setup. Right. Um, and then we're doing an advanced workshop, but it, it will include the intermediate level, which will be two separate courses next year. Right. So next next year that will be intermediate, so you learn how to use um, the, the different frequencies, the heads properly, yeah. uh, what heads are available, and uh, I, I mean I, I have a big thing about. It's not about the numbers; it's about desensitisation and patient feedback. 
and that's that's the way I work with shockwave. I've kind of learned that myself over the years, and then I think when I went to Switzerland, I kind of realised they're probably doing it very similar. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we're doing that course, and then I'm, I, I always thought it was you know the, the end of the day, I'm not an osteopath or a chiropractor, and I'd like to learn off someone how they do backs and necks and. So realistically, I said, well, why don't we have three split advanced courses when, like myself, you know, doing podiatry maybe, like kind of doing the lower limb. Yeah. I mean, doing doing someone's first joint or dorsal foot is totally different to shoving it in on the glute or onto this shoulder where you can just blast away. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, you've got to kind of learn how to treat these areas and uh, when to and when not to kind of thing. And uh, so we kind of, I think we have a advanced lower limb advanced midsection and advanced upper so that you know there's like three four different levels of learning there yeah good. So I, I think it, i think it'd go a lot further than that and i've i've got a lot of ideas in my head of where it could go but so we'll see well that's well i'll well, i'll chat about you because i think i think that we're both going to be at the london one aren't we which is uh, in november yeah I think. i'm looking forward to that yeah. yeah okay well look i think that's as much as i wanted to um talk about I think. Have you got anything else that you'd want to say about your your unbelievable enthusiasm about Shockwave? Um, I think that's enough for today. You can always come back to me another time. And I, I, I've got, I have got other things in my head, but I'll leave it at that. If you're going to start opening a whole new pathway, if I start talking about what I'm thinking of. Fine. Well, everyone else, I've said that um, when when you know this has just been a start for me. So. When I get about four or five under my belt, we'll revisit some subjects and talk about them. But uh, thanks. Yeah, there's some stuff on the train, definitely. I, I, I kind of want to go over. Um, yeah. I, I could go more specifically into the lower limb, but uh, I think we'll leave it there. Okay. All right. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us, and we will no doubt speak again. Cheers, Stuart. Thank you, James.